This episode was taped before the stay-at-home order that many of us are still currently enduring. If you have returned to work or life as usual, please stay safe, healthy, and aware of your surroundings. To those who are still at home, take this time to continue learning and growing. I love you, I support you, and I'm praying that you're okay. Welcome to the Boss Babe Life Hacks podcast. I'm Farah Lawless. I'm a speaker, writer, and serial entrepreneur. My passion is seeing women succeed in all areas of their life. And that's what I'm here to do with you today. On this podcast, I share stories of my own success, as well as interview women from all over the world who are making their mark in business. These women are CEOs, founders, mompreneurs, and globetrotters who are sharing their secrets with you. Take note as we dive in to some essential life hacks that will help you on your way to the top. You go, girl. Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the Boss Babe Life Hacks podcast. I'm your host, Farah Lawless. I have Miss Rebecca Southerns here to talk on the topic, time management and tips to help you stay focused. Um, Dr. Rebecca Southerns um, is the CEO of Sage Solutions and a thought leader in collaborative planning. She facilitates group decision-making, strategic planning, stakeholder engagement, governance, team effectiveness, and helping mission-driven leaders align what is most important to them and what they actually do. Um, she is an author, she is a business owner, and she is an incredible woman who's here to talk with us today on this incredible topic. Um, Rebecca, how are you today? Really good, thanks. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Boss Babe Life Hacks podcast. My pleasure. So um, we're excited to kind of get it, dive into this topic. Um, so let's just get right to it. What are some of the best ways that um, you can eliminate distractions from your life? Oh, I don't know if that's possible, but uh, maybe it's all about embracing distractions or figuring out which ones are distractions and which ones are meant for your attention. I think that uh, having a pretty clear sense of what you're trying to do means that you can decide what things count as distractions and which ones are actually taking you down the path you want to go. And so for me, it's really about figuring out what your definition of success is. And that could be big, like for your life, or it could be small, like what's a productive morning look like. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, that's really been defined pretty broadly a lot of the time. So I kind of look at the big picture and say, you know, are all the big pieces going well, you know, are, uh, whether that's work and family and friendships and my own health, you know, kind of those big things and say, you know, I like looking at that whole picture and saying, is that going well, um, compared to looking at just maybe the one task at hand. And so that means that if I'm trying to get some work done, but I'm distracted by something family related, if I can remember that I'm trying to excel in multiple areas at the same time, then what might look like a distraction from work might actually be taking me in a good direction in terms of family. So it's always a juggle, but trying to figure out what a win looks like. Um, and I define that pretty holistically. And so things that might otherwise be distractions, I try not to see them that way. Sometimes I've got a deadline and there's really important things. And in that case, I need to put some things in place to make sure that my focus is sharp. You know, what's my work environment like? What other things have I um, outsourced or gotten help with so that I can really do the focused work I need to? Um, 
because goodness knows we are easily distracted these days. But um, I also do try to keep that big picture in mind of what's really important. Wow, definitely. And you have been a successful solopreneur for more than 20 years. So, you know, I think that you've probably somewhat mastered this (laughs) by now. Um, But at what point in your career did you determine, um, you know, that to to really just embrace distractions and, and not really look at them as such? Well, for me, the evolution of my business has been interesting in that I really, um, I really saw it as kind of a side gig for a while compared to my parenting responsibilities. We have four kids, uh, four young adults now, and they, um, they were really my main focus and main responsibility for a lot of years. And some of the work that I was doing, I sort of thought of it as on the side compared to the main responsibilities mm-hmm. I had. And then gradually over time, two things happened at the same time. One was that my work responsibilities increased and my family responsibilities decreased a little as the kids got more independent. And the work piece then became more intentional. I think for a while, you know, when you're home busy with kids, it's like, wow, somebody will pay me to use my brain. And that's amazing. (laughs) I was sort of willing to do lots of stuff that I may not be willing to do now because I kind of felt like they were doing me some sort of favor. You know, it was Mm. just like, oh, this is so much more stimulating than changing diapers again or chasing toddlers. But over time, you know, I had some mind space and some time freed up as the kids got more independent. And I also made more intentional decisions about what I thought was just on the side actually becoming my main gig. And so um, same thing as I said before, if my success then is about doing a really good job with my kids and the business piece was just kind of a bonus, you juggle things differently. Whereas now, um, you know, my focus is much more strongly on my business success because my kids are big and they can, you know, handle themselves largely. So, um, I think it really does that juggle, um, changes depending on the age and stage you're at and what else is important. I mean, for some people that might be that they're looking after aging parents, or it might be that what they really love to do is has to be on the side because their day job that pays the bills is, you know, paying the bills. Um, So it may not be distraction. It may be focusing on what's really important right now and understanding what the end game is and kind of looking down that long road and saying, okay, I'm doing this right now and here's where it might be heading. Wow. Wow, that's absolutely true. I, I've i actually been kind of thinking something along those same lines um, in terms of being an entrepreneur. Just, you know, sometimes you have this brilliant idea and you know it's going to serve so many people and it's going to go very far. But if you look at it right now, it may not be monetized. It may not be, you know, very lucrative in a lot of ways. But you're putting in the effort, you're putting in the time because you know, in the long run, this is what's going to pay off. So that's, that's very, very, very true. Um, So you're, you're a keynote speaker and you're an author. Um, I'm sure you've, you've talked to so many different people who come to you and are like, Hey, please help. (laughs) What are, based on your experiences, what do you find are some of the most challenging things for others to overcome? I think it's a lot about mindset because going back to my previous example, I didn't think of myself as an entrepreneur or a business owner in those early years, even though I was. And then once the decision to 
do that work intentionally happened, I gave it much more energy and focus. And from my client's perspective, it probably didn't change that much. I mean, I have been doing this for, I think, 23 years now. And I don't know if my clients would notice that much of a difference, but internally, it really was different when I decided to think of myself as a business person, as an entrepreneur, as a thought leader in my field eventually. And so I think it is a mindset shift that way. And that's one resource we have is we can control how we frame things in our heads. Um, similarly, if we're facing constraints, I mean, if you are, as you said, struggling to monetize a business and juggling lots of other responsibilities, you can focus on those constraints or you can see that constraints help us be creative. We know that one of the characteristics or, or conditions that really fosters innovation is working under constraints. That's why if you give people time constraints or limited resources or something, they're much more likely to be creative in their output than they are if they have unlimited time and unlimited resources. And so if I can frame my constraints as possibilities and as helpful drivers of innovation, uh, I'm going to be much more productive than I would be if I were whining about how difficult those constraints are. And same thing about stress. You know, we all talk about being so busy and so stressed and we're learning more and more that there's an optimal level of stress. You know, if we had no stress, two things would happen. I think one is that, you know, we would basically be a sloth. We would have no adrenaline to help us perform. We need stress to help us be at our best. And the other thing is it shows us that we have something to do, something to contribute. And I don't want to say that I would prefer to have nothing to do in a day or no reason to get out of bed in the morning or no one who wants to hear what I have to say. So if I can frame that stress as productive and helpful and indicative of things going well, um, that's more helpful. So even teaching our kids or something to say, you know, I'm excited rather than I'm nervous. Our body actually feels the same in those two situations. It's just what we're telling ourselves. So, um, and I think also remembering that we grow into this, that you don't have to have it all figured out at once. And I think sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves to get it all right. And that somehow our lives have to match our perfect Instagram feed or something. And um, everybody's life is a mess. Everybody's a work in progress. Everybody's learning. And I think if you can approach it with a learning orientation and grow into who you're becoming and not feel pressure to be all that right now, um, you can enjoy the journey a little more. You know, I, I love the perspective that you have on life and the various situations that we experience, because I think a lot of times, even just as you were talking about stress, a lot, a lot of times, you know, we're focused on getting rid of it or, you know, just, just setting it aside or not having to deal with it. But you're right. It is something that pushes us to focus on the task at hand or, um, to focus on what, you know, the bigger picture is. Even with what you were saying about time, I think that is huge because I have noticed the difference in when I set a deadline to do something versus when I'm just, you know, going with the wind and I'm like, oh, you know, I'll get this done when I get to it. But really setting that time frame, it really does help. Um, like we're talking about time management. And, and I think that too helps you to stay focused. And I think even in business, we can have multiple ways of measuring success. So for me, when my children were small, 
success meant I was able to uh, pick them up from school every day, for example. Whereas now that kind of flexibility or juggling or balance is less important to me and I might have other indicators of success even in our business. And so when I'm coaching people around entrepreneurship, I really encourage them to think about what success at this phase of their life would mean for them. So they might have some metrics that they want to measure around income or around number of followers or around profitability or something. But they also might have other things that say, hey, I want to feel um, like I'm contributing or I want to make sure that I can confine my work to school hours so that my kids think that I'm always available to them or I need to have time to go and visit my grandmother twice a week or whatever it is that is really important to you, use that as your measure of things going well and resist the temptation to compare yourself to other people because you know, they might have a whole different goal line than you. And so, yeah, maybe they're crossing that goal line, but maybe that wasn't your goal line in the first place. So I think it's really important to go after really hard the stuff that really matters to you. I want to talk a little bit about your book titled Mm -hmm. Nimble, Off Script But Still On Track, which is a coaching guide for responsive facilitation. Talk to us a little bit about that book. Um, What inspired you to write it? What's in it? Um, And where'd you get that idea from? That's, I love that title. Thanks. I, uh, my main gig is working as a facilitator. So what that means is that I help groups work together to make decisions. So I help them collaborate. And um, my experience has been that most facilitation training, which could be, you know, you might run meetings, you might run workshops, maybe it's negotiations, maybe it's just a committee that you happen to be on in your community. Um, lots of people have an opportunity to lead groups of people formally or informally. But when you're trained to do that, first of all, you're rarely trained at all. People just seem to think that people are born knowing how to run a good meeting. But also, if you are trained, it's really focused on tools or activities or methods you can use and sometimes how to put those together. But they don't very often talk about what happens when the script that you've so carefully prepared falls apart and things go differently than you think and you get you know, blindsided by stuff. My experience is that that happens way more often than we talk about. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you are poorly prepared. It just means that you're dealing with humans and unpredictable stuff happens. So in that context, I was trying to contribute to that conversation by saying, is there a way that you can prepare in advance to be ready to deal with those shocks when they come? Because it's not just about knowing how to write your perfect script. It's about knowing how to hold that script loosely and be fully present and responsive in the room so that you can adjust really well to whatever happens. And so part of it starts with knowing yourself to know if you're kind of programmed to be a really detail-oriented, overly scripted person, or if you tend toward being the kind of spontaneous person that wings it. And I think for both of those people, finding their way more toward the middle of that continuum is a good idea because we need to plan really well. And for some of us, that's not our default setting at all. But then once we do plan, we need to know how to loosen our grip on that plan so that we can give our full grounded attention to what's actually happening in the space. Wow. And, and this is a great resource for anyone um, who leads groups in workshops, presentations, meetings, negotiations, anyone who just generally wants to be better prepared to deal with the unexpected. Um, So 
I, I, I've got to get my hands on that book. <laughs> well, it's available um, through Amazon. That's probably the easiest way for most people to get it. And uh, yeah, so it's under my name under Amazon and you can find it there. That's awesome. Well, you know what, Rebecca, this has been amazing. And I'm so thankful um, just for you sharing your insight. Um, again, I, I can honestly say I love your perspective, um, just in your take on life and not to discredit the years of work that you've put in or, you know, the things that you've experienced, but you seem so easygoing <laughs> and, you know, like life comes at you. I mean, it comes at us all, but you've, you've really learned to handle everything, put everything in its place and just enjoy the journey. So I really admire you for that. Well, I appreciate that. I used to wonder when I saw people with four kids, I used to wonder if they were like that kind of person has four kids or if they became that kind of person having had four kids, you know? And uh, I think it's probably a little bit of both, but um, it's certainly true that you're a little more relaxed at the end of that parenting journey than you are at the beginning of it or before it starts. And you're a new grandmother, right? I am. We have a three-month-old granddaughter. Thank you for that. Speaking of, uh, you know, the unexpected surprises that life does <laughs> in some ways, but quite a delightful one in this case. And so my oldest daughter uh, and her daughter are living with us. And so this summer we had seven people and two dogs living in our house. And wow. as an entrepreneur that works from home, uh, that was a challenge. So you, uh, <laughs> when you talk about how to manage distractions, I had a few of them. So... Uh, some more welcome than others when it comes to barking dogs and kitchen renovations and, you know, crying oh babies goodness. and lots of friends around and lots of pleasant ones and some unexpected ones as well. So, um, yeah, you learn how to kind of juggle the craziness. And I just want to encourage people that that you, that's real life. You know, real life is the the messy, busy crazy stuff. And um, I just don't think there's any need for us to pretend that it's any different than that. Wow, I couldn't agree more. Thank you for saying that. Um, I think especially living in the digital age that we live in, um, you kind of touched on our perfect Instagrams um, before. I think people look at, you know, what's placed online and see the perfections, perfection in it and, and kind of fail to realize, hey, that's just a moment, you know, that someone captured. It was set up. It was staged that beautifully. But real life is sometimes more beautiful in the sense that we get to just take it as it comes and learn how to deal with life's challenges, the challenges of, you know, running a business or starting a business or whatever the case may be. So I, I thank you for saying that. Well, I appreciate that. And you know, as well as I do, that it's the people who have, who really don't have it all together and who let you see that they're the ones that you want to talk to, right? They're the ones Definitely. that you can relate to and you want to go, okay, tell me about this. Because if people are too, uh, appear to be too perfect or have it too much together, they're not the ones that people are going to feel are approachable to ask their questions or learn from really. So um, I think that's really important. Definitely. And I, I always say I pride myself in transparency because I do realize how important that is, you know, for people to know, hey, this is someone that I can trust because they're not just telling me what I should do or the way I should go about it, but they're showing me what they've done, the mistakes that they've made, how they fixed them or what they did next time. So like, I am totally all for that, you know, and to the listener, if you feel that um, pressure to try to be perfect or, you know, act like everything is under control all the time and all of that, 
I encourage you to just let loose, honey, because life is a roller coaster. It's fun. It's full of surprises. Some things are great. Some things are not so great. But as long as you're focused on what you're supposed to be doing and what your purpose in this world is, then that's really all that matters. Thank you for tuning in to the Boss Babe Life Hacks podcast. Remember to leave a comment or review and give this episode a five-star rating. Let me know what you thought about today's topic and don't forget to share it with a friend because good friends don't let friends not hear good podcasts. Be sure to follow the podcast Instagram at Boss Babe Life Hacks and you can find me on the gram at Farrah Lawless. Special thanks to our sponsors and guests for being a part of this movement to inspire women like you. And major thanks to you, the listener, for keeping this podcast alive with your reviews, support, and for always coming back for more. You can further support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. Your monthly contribution can be as small as 99 cents per month that will make a big impact on the podcast. Just head over to our anchor page with the link in our Instagram bio and see how you can be a part today. Until next time, this is Farrah Lawless sending you mad love and signing off. You go, girl.